Welcome back to this Draft Wednesday episode of Locked On Bears, brought to you by PlayDraft. Download the Draft app. Come play in our final Week 17 league this season. You can find it at playdraft.com slash Bears. Find our account there, follow it, and, and get in on the action. And then use that promo code LONFL for your free entry into a real money game. As usual, I am your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst at Pro Football Focus, and you can find my written Chicago Bears analysis over at USA Today's BearsWire.com. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockdownBears, and you can keep up with all of our daily podcasts at our website, LockdownBears.com. Today, we're looking at the upcoming head coaching vacancy for the Chicago Bears to try and take a big picture look here at where this opening ranks among the other potential teams that could have head coaching vacancies this offseason. We'll kind of take stock at what the Bears have in terms of assets, maybe where some of their holes are, and other factors that could influence a potential head coaching candidate trying to decide what team he'd like to coach for. And then we'll kind of compare that to the other dozen or so teams that could have potential head coach openings this season to try and get a good feel for where the Bears might rank for potential head coach candidates. Let's start with a look at the Bears' assets here, because obviously, you know, seventh straight season outside of the playoffs, uh, a five and ten record right now. Looking at either five and eleven or six and ten, depending on what happens next week, it's not necessarily the ideal situation for any head coach to come into. But there is still a lot to like, I think, about where this Bears team is at in terms of sort of roster and what kind of young players. Ryan Pace has been able to put in this team in now year three of sort of his rebuild. And this is all operating under the the fairly safe assumption that Ryan Pace will continue to keep his job through the offseason and into the future. I guess that's not 100% locked in, but it seems most likely that John Fox is gone and, and Ryan Pace gets to pick his second head coach of his tenure. And so you look at this Bears offense, maybe a little bit thin, in a few places, but the big one at the top, Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears have their young quarterback. We don't know yet exactly how good Mitch is going to be, but we know he's got some base-level talent and can do a few things that not every quarterback in the NFL can do, and that's pretty darn valuable when you're looking at a head coach candidate. You know, I think there's going to be some guys that would rather go to a team perhaps with a high draft pick and a need at quarterback especially if they feel like there is a quarterback or two in this draft that they've been scouting with their current team, they've had their eye on in the college ranks that they want to put their mark on and try and build their franchise around and kind of start a rebuild there. But I also think it's appealing to a lot of coaches to come to Chicago where there's a young, promising quarterback in place. There's sort of the, the footsteps and the baseline of the you know a young offense in progress that just needs to be cleaned up and put in the proper position. You know, you got a lot of tools. Those tools just need to be, or you got a lot of parts, and, those, and you got some tools, and you just need to put those together to make a, a fully functioning machine. And clearly, Trubisky is much more of an asset in that sense, and you've got yourself something that's hard to find a lot of times in the NFL, and that is a quality young quarterback in need of a new coach. You pair Trubisky 
with the two young players in the backfield in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. And now you kind of got the building of an offense here. You've got the quarterback. You've got two very capable backs in the running game. Cohen, a versatile weapon in the passing game, even if they both have their flaws in some areas of their game and haven't perhaps always been as successful this season as you'd like to see. Definitely solid in the quarterback and running back department. And then, you know, everyone knows wide receiver has been an issue in Chicago. You've got Cameron Meredith coming back next year. That's an asset that I think people overlook a little bit when you're looking at this Bears offense. And, you know, that's that's kind of it in terms of weapons. I mean, Adam Shaheen is an asset. We don't know exactly how much of an asset he'll turn out to be. He's a, a raw athletic prospect at tight end who started to make some plays this year obviously been injured the last few weeks and might not be able to go even this week to to round out the year we may have seen the last of Adam Shaheen this year but he's a guy like Trubisky that needs experience and needs playing time before we can you know especially with Shaheen before we can really get to know what his ceiling might be and what his floor is he's a promising young player we just don't know if he's ready to be a full-time starter in year two, or if the Bears still need more at tight end. You can kind of throw Kevin White in the same kind of mystery category, although White, I think, is at the point where we're not really going to count him as someone to rely on in 2018. I think he's going to be a bonus. If he can play well, that's great, but I don't think you're going to see the Chicago Bears go into 2018 relying on him to be their number one or number two receiver. I think they're going to kind of build as though they don't have him. So in terms of weapons, you know, you're Howard, you're Cohen, you're you're Cameron Meredith, and then Shaheen, throw him in there too. And then on the offensive line, you know, as far as offensive assets go, Cody Whitehair, obviously a high quality young building block for the offensive line. You're locked into Charles Leno for better or worse for the next few years. So you've you've got a left tackle who's average, who, you know, might have a limited ceiling, but at least has a decent floor there. And then Kyle Long, who's dealing who's gonna have three surgeries this offseason, remains to be seen if he's gonna be ready for week one, but still a longer term asset, even perhaps not as much of a shorter term asset. And then you got the veteran Josh Sitton maybe i mean should should be back but you never know if they if they want to move on from some salary there if he's just getting too old and a little bit dinged up if if something could change there but he's more a short-term asset than a long-term asset the promising young bears defense might have even more assets than this offense just in terms of guys who can stick around and, and make a high impact i mean obviously your defensive line Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman have that pretty well locked down. And then you kind of got some question marks at, at spot number three. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But, you know, do you, you count Jonathan Bullard as a big asset? I don't know big, but he he's developing. He is young. There's perhaps some untapped potential there, but certainly some technique issues that still need to be rounded out. Uh, I, I'd call Jonathan Bullard an asset, but maybe not on your, your first page on your list of assets, but certainly somewhere down there. You got Leonard Floyd, obviously a, a big-time pass rushing threat on the outside, and then you're you know behind him, you've got Danny Trevathan, Nick Kwiatkowski, two quality inside linebackers. Throw Jarrell Freeman in there, maybe, kind of, question mark, probably going to be gone next year because of the suspensions and the and the salary that he's got. And Willie Young is also a kind of a question mark asset for me on this defense as well. On the wrong side of 30, banged up this year. His contract is not cheap either, 
but I have a feeling they'll bring him back and, and he'll be some kind of rotational piece in this outside linebacker group. So you kind of get a, a semi-asset from Willie Young there, and then you got your two young safeties, Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos, uh, a pair of studs back there playing at a high level right now, two young guys continuing to develop forward. But so, you, so when you take a big-picture look at, at where these assets are, you've got your quarterback, you've got some running backs, you have a wide receiver, you have half-ish of an offensive line in terms of really solid assets there. You maybe have a young tight end, then most of a defensive line, some, most of a defensive line, uh, at least two quality inside linebackers, uh, one outside linebacker plus maybe a little bit of a veteran, and then and then your young safety. So you, you've got yourself pieces there on both sides of the ball. Decent amount in the trenches, some of the more core positions in terms of inside linebackers running the defense and, and quarterbacks and running backs kind of carrying the offense and then some pieces around them in terms of like a safety and a, so some safeties and a receiver. And, you know, there's there's pieces there, but there's obvious holes there too. But before we get into those specific holes on this team, I want to remind you about the Week 17 draft I've got set up for Locked On Bears listeners on the Play Draft app. See, the Draft app, it's like daily fantasy football, but instead of doing the salary cap to pick your players, this takes you through a very fast snake-style draft. You get through it in literally under five minutes, and like regular daily fantasy football, your team just lasts for that one week. New players on the Draft app can get a free entry into a real money draft if you use the promo code LONFL when you sign up. You know, Draft is so sure that you will like their app. They are offering Locked On Bears listeners a money-back guarantee. So really, there's no risk in trying it out. Search Draft in your app store and go to playdraft.com slash lockdownbears to find our draft account. You can check the at lockdownbears Twitter account. I've already tweeted out a link for this week's draft league. You can come get in on the action and win some cold, hard cash. My undefeated streak in our Lockdown Bears leagues here finally came to an end last week, so you can bet I will be coming on strong for week 17 here to try and finish out the regular season on a high note. And then there's plenty of playoff action ahead too. So there's plenty of time to still get involved and still have some fun with us. The, the draft app also does basketball, hockey, baseball, and other sports too. So the LONFL promo code will get you a free entry into any of them. Obviously, this is the last week to see Bears players in fantasy football, and that kind of points to the bigger issues on this roster. Another seventh straight season here without a playoff appearance for Chicago, and you just kind of see holes at some critical positions here moving forward, and that's part of what has held this team back this year and in previous years. Obviously, a lot of issues can be fixed by great coaching, but when you have assets at you know quarterback, running back, you know, inside linebacker, defensive line, safety, there's some there's clearly positions not being mentioned there. And some of these positions might not end up being holes. But when you start looking at the contract situation in Chicago, you've got some interesting scenarios potentially opening up here. I mean, the big hole is clearly at wide receiver. You've got Cameron Meredith coming back from his injury, should in theory be ready to go for the regular season. You've got Kevin White 
who knows what he's going to be able to offer moving forward. And then you've got some free agents here. I mean, in terms of guys still under contract, Marcus Wheaton will be back, but obviously the Bears haven't gotten anything from him. But you've got question marks now with a Dontrell Inman entering free agency after the Bears have traded for him this year. And Kendall Wright will be a free agent as his one-year contract is expiring. And, and Wright has obviously come on and played pretty strong at the end of this year, but it's it, it remains to be seen exactly what that'll be worth on the open market. If if you know he can get more than the the one year two million dollar deal he's working off of now, is is he gonna is a team gonna invest more long term in that, or can the Bears get him back on a cheap contract? Maybe they could be in the need for a slot guy too. But clearly, the Bears will need weapons and playmaking talent for their young quarterback at wide receiver and at tight end to go with Adam Shaheen. Deion Sims is not cutting it. He might be back next year. The Bears did invest a multi-year contract in him, but they can get out of it easily. But either way, you just need weapons for this quarterback. You've got him at running back, but clearly there's some holes there at wide receiver, potentially at tight end, and just trying to get playmakers in general. I also think there's some holes on the offensive line, just in terms of finding quality depth there and, and maybe the future at a few positions. I mean, I think you want to upgrade right tackle from Bobby Massey. You know, the Bears offensive line just isn't consistently getting the job done this year. Something that's not been purely a Bobby Massey issue. Injuries have probably been the biggest thing holding them back there, but you want to keep your quarterback protected. You want to try and upgrade the weak links there so that when there is more issues, you at least have stronger talent at other positions. I mean, Bobby Massey has been one of, along with Leno, the most healthy Bears offensive lineman until last week he got rolled up on. But, you know, you've had those players in at, at positions consistently, but they're not, neither one is your top, you know, they're, they're probably your two worst offensive linemen when everyone's healthy, Leno and Massey. And so you, you want to upgrade those positions, especially if the interior might be lacking in terms of durability. And, and you might still be looking at some more long-term growth there. You want, you know, you don't know how long Josh Sitton's going to be here. There's still just a few holes here and there when you're talking about building around your young quarterback. When you're looking at building this young defense and taking things a step further, you obviously see holes at perhaps the most critical position there, outside linebacker. You've got Leonard Floyd coming back from his injury. You have Willie Young coming back from his injury, but you need more consistent pass rushers on this team. They can't be caught relying on Lamar Houston and Sam Macho to try and generate a, a consistent threat to the quarterback. And obviously... It's going to depend on who the new defensive coordinator is. And, you know, Vic Fangio's scheme is one that needs more consistent pass rushing from its outside linebackers. If you brought in uh, perhaps a more blitz-heavy defensive coordinator, or even if you switch to a 4-3 defense, which seems unlikely at this point, but, there, you know, there's different, different ways to generate a pass rush consistently one way or another. The Bears need more pass rushers. They need more help for Leonard Floyd. You also look back at the cornerback position, as well as Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukamara have played this offseason. Both of them will be free agents. Both of them could potentially be commanding decent level contracts. I know that the franchise tag has been floated out there as a possibility for Kyle Fuller, but you're still looking at your two top cornerbacks entering free agency, and that's a situation that a new head coach is going to have to deal with. You know, you've got Marcus Cooper coming back under contract, but he has shown you nothing that makes you want 
to believe in him as a starting cornerback. Bryce Callahan's also going to be a free agent, so you're potentially losing your three best cornerbacks in terms of free agency this year, or at the very least, having to make an effort to re-sign them or potentially weigh other options. And at the very least, that's a potential hole for a, a head coaching candidate. And then finally, I think you wrap up at the defensive line there, looking at that Jonathan Bullard spot. Do the Bears need to go out and get another impact playmaker on the defensive line? Can they get away with Bullard and maybe trying to re-sign Mitch Unrein? I think you always want to get more beef on the interior and, and add more young players in there. You got Roy Robertson Harris as well, but you know, d- defensive line is one of those kind of question mark third tier type level holes on this defense. Not nothing that's that's too concerning, but you know, you just look for every possible alley on this on this team if you're looking at head coaching candidates evaluating a potential job for themselves so all in all you're looking at a bears team that has some quality young pieces on both sides of the ball a few question marks in terms of potential free agents and veteran players that will have to get ironed out but a a few clear holes at key positions in terms of of weapons for the quarterback, pass rushers to get after the quarterback, and maybe some offensive line and some secondary help to, you know, further cement those key roles within your offense and defense. But, you know, there is more to a head coaching candidate and a head coaching opportunity than just the roster he's going to inherit. You know, I think it's easy to to overlook sort of the legacy that comes with coaching the Chicago Bears, that even when they're a a bad football team, it's a desirable place to be because of the history of the franchise, because of how long they've been around, because of what they've done in the past. I think a lot of coaches want to coach the Chicago Bears because it means a lot to be a coach of the Chicago Bears, one of the greatest defenses of all time. The charter franchise of the NFL, the Navy and Orange and the C on the helmet is attractive to head coaching candidates. I think the city of Chicago can be attractive to some candidates too. It's got the big city feel. It's it's a, a hustle and bustle place, but it doesn't have quite the same level of toxic media market that you might see in a New York and some other sports markets. I mean, I, I'm not going to comment too much on the quality of Chicago Bears coverage we get from some of the mainstream guys, but it's not quite as brutal as you see in New York, and there's certainly a lot of appeal to Chicago. Maybe on the flip side of that, the, the cold and the soldier field conditions can be a turnoff, I think, to some coaches who maybe don't want to deal with that for their, their tenure here, but that's certainly not enough to, in my opinion, to push anybody away from the legacy of the Chicago Bears. And maybe, you know, the, the NFC North division, I, I don't know, for some people, I think they like that challenge and they want to be a part of the black and blue division. Maybe some coaches would steer away from that. You never know. There's different personalities for different guys, but clearly I think not every team has non-football factors that can play a role in a head coach's decision, but I think the Chicago Bears, as a as just a team to be a part of, regardless of what the condition is of, of the roster, there's a certain appeal to coaching this team that adds to their rankings and their standings as a head coaching opportunity. There are some other teams, though, that if their head coaching position becomes open, there'll be a pretty darn appealing spot for any head coach candidate. You know, as far as teams that could make a head coaching change, I think there's a few that we can kind of sit here and be pretty confident that a change is going to be made. And then there's another solid handful or so, even more, 
that might be more like a coin flip right now. It's hard to get a feel for whether or not this team is going to make a change, but it wouldn't shock you if they did wouldn't shock you if they don't and we'll break down all of them here as we try and get a feel for where the bears might rank the one we know for sure is going to be open is the one that's already open the new york football giants and this is a team that is quite a bit of a mess you know you might you might not be up on the new york giants but they you know they have uh, their safety Landon Collins just got put on injured reserve, and they've got a, a cornerback Eli Apple they drafted just a couple years ago, who's been uh, suspended a couple times this season for for team conduct. And then Landon Collins the other day went on some radio show and basically called him a cancer in the locker room. And you know, there's obviously some some back and forth there. And then Eli Apple like came to the media and told him he had to go take a dump and just some really weird stuff's been going on in New York. Obviously there's some Odell Beckham drama that's always been lingering there. A little bit of a mess in the locker room that Ben McAdoo left them. And, and they're kind of question marks at the quarterback position too, because it seems like, you know, after Eli Manning's streak was broken for most consecutive starts, they might be trying to move on to a new direction there. At the very least, they have to draft a quarterback, whether they start him in year one or not. They do have a pretty darn strong defensive line that they've invested some free agent dollars in recently, and there are some young weapons on their offense. Odell Beckham certainly uh, chief among them that can be enticing, but clearly a big mess going on in New York that's going to take some cleaning and and a culture change for head coach, not something that I would necessarily mark as any more desirable than the Bears. Clearly, I think, a a good step lower in New York. Then you've got the Bengals, where all signs point to Marvin Lewis's tenure ending in Cincinnati. They're clearly a little bit in quarterback purgatory with Andy Dalton, not someone that gets you too excited to play quarterback, but not someone that necessarily needs to be totally upgraded or can easily be upgraded. It's certainly hard to find good quarterbacks, but even their their roster, I think, is sneakily bad. You know, they don't have an offensive line. They, they, they've got A.J. Green, Giovanni Bernard, and Joe Mixon, and that's kind of their whole offense. They've got a young defense that they, they added some nice young weapons to in the draft this past year, and they're reloading there, but the Bengals are... are quietly a worse team than you might think, as evidenced perhaps by the way the Bears beat up on them. Everyone's been beating up on the hapless Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of question marks there with some uh, difficult questions to answer. Not exactly super desirable in that sense, but perhaps the team with the most question marks, despite a, a head coaching opportunity seeming to be opening up, is the Indianapolis Colts. Seems like Chuck Pagano has pretty much run his course there, but you don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be like. Andrew Luck is is dealing with some shoulder ailment that's not recovering properly. There's some question as to whether or not he's going to play football ever again. There seemed to be a, a misunderstanding or at least a, a poor description of, of what that injury was. They thought he might be able to play this season, obviously had to sit out the whole year. And now th- that's sort of the, the ultimate question for this job. If Andrew Luck will be ready to go and back to his old self, the Colts become one of the most desirable head coaching jobs, in my opinion, because you have a bona fide stud quarterback. If he's not 
ready to go if he's either up in the air or confirmed not ready to go ever again and and you lose that at quarterback Colts are a pretty terrible job opportunity there's a lot of mess on that roster he's the type of quarterback that can make up for some of those holes without him you're left with a lot of holes and Indianapolis really is perhaps the most the biggest wild card in terms of quality of job opening those three teams Giants, Bengals, Colts seem like the most obvious ones where a change is coming. And then I've got a good 10 or so teams here where more likely than not, we're going to see a, a, quite a few of these make coaching change. None of them would be surprising if they made if they made the change, and none of them would be too surprising if they didn't make the change. You know, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dirk Cutter not getting the results there. You know, Jameis Winston, kind of a, a Jay Cutler type quarterback, a lot of good, a lot of bad. They've got some playmakers there, but their defense is old and depleted. It depends on, you know, if I'm a coach, depends on what I think about Jameis Winston. You know, I think there's a lot to like there. I think he can win you a lot of games, but is that as desirable as some other quarterback situations? No, it's better than the Bengals. It's probably better than the Giants unless you're you're really sold on a quarterback in the draft. So there, there's some give and take there. But since but Tampa Bay seems like a job that's probably going to open up, but you never know. But it's not it's not a, a fantastic opportunity. Same kind of thing with the Cleveland Browns. Messy quarterback situation. You don't know if Hugh Jackson's going to be there or not. I mean, the Browns are just a mess as is. They're kind of down in that New York Giants territory. It's still an NFL head coaching job, and they still have talent on that team. You know, there's a good offensive line foundation there. They've got some weapons on offense. I think their defense is a little bit underrated. they got some young talent there that have played pretty well in spite of poor coaching. The Browns are still the Browns, though, not uh, not at the top of any head coaching candidates list of teams that they'll want to play for. Rumors have been swirling about Bruce Arians potentially leaving the Arizona Cardinals to take some time away from coaching. There's another team that's maybe messier, like this is like the Bengals, messier than you might think. You know, they, they're going to need a new quarterback because Carson Palmer is getting up to beyond that age where a quarterback can still be effective, and he's had a lot of up and down here. And obviously, he's been hurt for a lot of this year, and they've been relying on Blaine Gabbert. Going to have to start fresh there, and really their offense outside of David Johnson, doesn't have a lot of long-term young assets moving forward. And their defense has some nice young pieces, but they still still need to kind of mush all together and play more and fill in perhaps a few other lingering holes there on defense. Offense is a work in progress despite coming off of an offensive head coach. And you might have some bigger shoes to fill there too, just because Bruce Arians was a guy that was seemingly really well liked and commanded a lot of respect from his team, so there's 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 some things to like about Arizona job, but the quarterback situation to me is what I always come back to, and they've got to hit the reset button there. Same thing can be said about the New York Jets, a team that overachieved this season in, in a year that was supposed to be tanking. So, you know, do they let Todd Bowles come back and continue to coach? I think a lot of Jets fans don't want to see that, but it, it, there's a possibility there. They've, they've got a nice young offensive coordinator who's schemed Josh McCown into some highly successful situations. They could, you know, promote him there, but they really don't have a ton of talent. They've been playing better than their talent suggests. They obviously need to invest in a new quarterback. Christian Hackenberg, not it. Bryce Petty, obviously not it. Josh McCown on the wrong side of 30. 
then you, you you throw that in an offense severely lacking in weapons. You got a defense with a few pieces surrounded by a lot of garbage, and and you have a, a Jets team early in a rebuild, and that's a difficult situation for any head coach to get into. It requires some patience, requires a good general manager to get you some talent, and sometimes that can be a little bit out of your control. And then you throw in some of the non-football factors about coaching the Jets, being in that New York media market, that that type of city, that type of situation. There's There's a lot not to like about this Jets job. I do think there's a lot to like about a potential opening with the Houston Texans. You know, I, I've, maybe Bill O'Brien gets to stick around because they just drafted Deshaun Watson, but that one's been being floated out a lot as a potential opening there. And I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I think they're set at quarterback, and that should be very desirable for a lot of head coaching candidates. They've got some wide receivers. they got some running backs there. Their offensive line's going to need some work, and they could use some more tight end talent. You, you flip it to the other side of the ball, too. J.J. Watt. Judavian Clowney. You have a top you have top-notch defensive talent. You've got a lot of offensive talent to like there. Certainly need some more pieces around there. I think a lot of similarities to the Bears potential opening with Houston, and I, I would put them neck and neck. And you know, I'm concerned with Deshaun Watson's knee coming from a, another ACL tear. He might be pushing it to play week one next year. So there's some there's some stuff to scare you away in terms of there, but in terms of talent on those two rosters. Give me the Texans, give me the Bears side by side. Maybe even put the Texans a little bit higher up in, in that sense, but the Bears certainly have plenty of ceiling, maybe a little bit more youth and untapped potential there, whereas the Texans have some more proven threats. You know, and in DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, Jadavian Clowney. Definitely Houston's probably one of those jobs I'm putting right up there with the Bears opening if Bill O'Brien is let go. That brings us to sort of this last tier of potential head coaching options, teams that underachieved this year that you might see uh, a coaching change be made because of that, but they didn't necessarily have terrible seasons and there's not, you know, you don't need to have a, a full reset button. I mean, you got the Detroit Lions, you know, Matthew Stafford and, and having a pretty strong season. They've got some wide receivers running game, not so much front seven on defense, not so much, but you got a secondary there not achieving the playoffs like they should this year. Some think Jim Caldwell and his staff will get canned. Their 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 ownership tends to be loyal to coaches, though. So, you know, coin flip there on, on what happens in Detroit. Put the Oakland Raiders in a similar category. You know, I think Derek Carr is in need of, of a car mechanic to get his wheels back on straight. And, you know, they've got some some offensive line talent here and there, but not, not a full set. They, they could use some more weapons. Their defense is in a decent spot, but, you know, Jack Del Rio's only been there a few years. Maybe he gets another year. Kind of iffy there. Kind of a, a difficult situation because they underachieved based on what everyone was expecting. Hard to get a feel for what's going to happen and, and what difference a new head coach might be able to make. How much is talent there? How much is coaching? Raiders are definitely a little bit difficult to pin down. Within that same division, you have the Broncos, another team in need of a quarterback and and in, and perhaps some more holes than some of these other teams really on in coaching purgatory here. You know, their offensive line is young and in progress, but still needs a lot of work there. They've got some aging weapons at receiver and 
and their tight end position is never quite locked in. Still have a talented defense there, but the holes are starting to open up and starting to get more drastic. And, and you know, it's certainly piecing together. You never know what the relationship's like with John Elway running the show there, how much influence he wants to have over on-field decisions. So there's there's a lot of give and take there. They're only a few years into Vance Joseph's tenure. So probably, you know, you, you never know if, if they're disappointed enough with this year. I think they're getting into a rebuild here where they need to get a young quarterback on the roster. I don't know if they have it in Paxton Lynch. Maybe there's some give and take there with what John Elway feels versus what the coaching staff feels. That could be a little bit messy there, and it makes Denver a a difficult situation to touch. Similar type of messiness, I think, in Washington. Is Kirk Cousins going to go? Will he stay? It doesn't seem like Gruden has worked his way out of there. You know, they, they have underachieved a little bit this year, but if they're just kind of frustrated with what they've gotten there, if they don't feel like Gruden is going to sway Kirk Cousins to stay, if that relationship isn't where it needs to be, if they feel like a new coach could keep that quarterback in town, or maybe if they just, if they know Cousins is going, they want a new coach and a new quarterback to kind of build together. If they don't feel like Jay Gruden is the guy to continue that, you could certainly see a change being made there. Still some some work in progress, I think, on that offensive line. They definitely need more weapons for whoever their quarterback's going to be, and their defense can always use a few more pieces there. And, and then the last one that I think is the best potential head coaching opportunity, if it's going to open up, is the Tennessee Titans. I think they have one of the most solid offenses available in terms of potential openings. I like their offensive line. They've got some young weapons at wide receiver. Delaney Walker's a great tight end. They have good running backs. I'm a big Marcus Mariota fan. He takes care of the football, even if he hasn't played that well this year. Really a big fan of what they've got going offensively. Then defensively, they've got you know a Dory Jackson at cornerback. They got young players there. The pass rusher maybe needs some youth. You know they've got just solid play from their front seven, even if it's not over-the-top playmaking. You just have a certain baseline of talent with the Tennessee Titans. You know They're another team perhaps underachieving this year, and that could lead to the head coaching opening. But if I'm a head coach and that job opens up, I, I really think I find myself looking at Tennessee as one of the best options. You know, I think Tennessee's number one, and then you kind of get into maybe Lions, maybe Washington, and then Texans and Bears are right up there, and then Colts. Of course, the big question right there, an Andrew Luck Colts team, I'm putting right up the top. But I, th- I think you're looking at the Bears here as one of the top three head coaching openings. You know, giant, the Colts are, Colts are either in the top three or in the bottom three, depending on what's going on there. So hard to really put them there. And then, you know, Texans, Titans, Lions, all kind of in that same range. None of those jobs could be open. You know, Bill O'Brien, Jim Caldwell, Mike Malarkey could all keep their jobs. And those three jobs are... Are, are off the table and the Bears become one of the, if not the best head coaching option because you have your young quarterback in place. You have a general manager that seems to be able to find young talent. He's had a few misses here and there in the draft and free agency, but he's got this team rebuilding and heading in a positive direction, even though his first choice for a head coach wasn't really the one to get them where they need to go. I don't know. Maybe I'm a tiny bit biased uh, for the young talent on this team because I cover this team and I know their young talent. I know the ceilings of the Bears' young players more than I know, you know, the Arizona Cardinals' defense or the the New York Jets' offense. You know, I, I'm not an expert on any of those teams. I gave you my quick overview take 
on what those potential openings have. You have a lot of teams with difficult quarterback situations. Giants, Bengals, Colts, Browns, Cardinals, Jets, Broncos, maybe even Washington. Just difficult quarterback situations that scare me off personally if I were head coach looking at those jobs. And then you've got the teams with established quarterbacks, or at least encouraging quarterback situations that definitely fall in that next tier of coaching jobs that you put the Bears right in there. I mean, the Buccaneers may be on the lower end of that, but if the Lions job opens, you know, certainly the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, two good quarterback situations that I think could be enticing to a lot of coaching candidates. And that's kind of right where the Chicago Bears fall. Mitchell Trubisky is the big chip and along with the legacy of the Chicago Bears and being the head coach of this team, there's going to be plenty of guys lined up that want to coach Mitch. They like some of the pieces that the Bears already have. Obviously, like every head coaching opportunity, there's a lot of work to be done on all of these teams. And the Bears are not a plug-in a new head coach and automatically make the playoffs next year type of team. But Ryan Pace has shown an ability to build a team. It seems like he just needs to do a better job of picking the head coach. And we will see if he's able to do that here his second time around. Maybe Ernie Accorsi won't be breathing down his neck this time and he'll be able to make maybe a more independent choice that fits what he wants to do. No matter what the Bears do, with their coaching staff. We will be here to break it down on Lockdown Bears. We've already started looking at some head coaching candidates. We've talked to experts on respective teams for, you know, Pat Shermer, Frank Reich, John Filippo, Josh McDaniels, Todd Haley, you name it. We're going through these head coaching candidates. And so we've, we've got you prepared for a, a change here in the Bears head coaching. And if for some reason, your nightmare continues and, and John Fox keeps his job for 2018. Lockdown Bears will be here to talk you through it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast listening app you use. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it, we are on there. You can also find all of our podcasts at our website, LockdownBears.com. Remember, it's Draft Wednesday, so check out our Week 17 League on the Draft app. Use that promo code LONFL to get yourself another free entry into a draft. Come play with us there. Come have fun. And remember to bear down. Bear down.